Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Right, welcome to Out of the Blue from Maze and Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. The podcast that knows apologies are like mini horses. Cute to talk about, but they won't get you anywhere. I am Jared Stormer of mazeandbrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate. Andy, you gentle savage. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. You know, last week I felt like so beaten down, felt like I went to a Travis Scott concert, and uh, today I'm feeling fresh and revived and ready to get this one going. Too soon, man. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, it is much, much better to talk sports after a victory, and yeah, we've got basketball coming up starting tonight. First game against Buffalo, so that's exciting. So yeah, happy to be here and happy to talk about a win, but first, let us talk about basketball. We had the exhibition game last week were you able to watch any of that i gotta see some highlights i couldn't get it where i live but i watched what i can in bits and pieces so i think i probably saw like you know 15 20 minutes of everything continuous but what i saw man i was big fan of it was big fan tough, of. tough broadcast uh it was yeah. definitely in a high school or perhaps junior high gym uh the broadcast went in and out uh, nobody knew who anybody was on the floor but nonetheless yeah, what I saw, uh, very impressive, albeit against an inferior opponent tonight. We've got Buffalo. Should be a slightly better matchup. But, uh, yeah, give me one or two takeaways from what little bit you saw about this team or maybe one or two things you're really looking forward to with this basketball team. 
In that first ge- first game that was probably played in a local Baptist church's gymnasium, uh, <laughs> Eli Brooks is still on fire from three. His shot's even better this season. I, th- I believe he was four for four, three for four. He was incredible. I love that outside shooting presence there because I'm a little – that's one of my concerns going into this season is that consistent threat from there. And secondly was this team can be really uh, – this could be the best defensive team in the country. Like the way they can switch all positions, the way they can like, defend the perimeter, Hunter Dickinson inside. Devontae Jones is just a dog. So defensively, they could keep them in every game solely based on that side of the court. Yes, I love especially your second point. That's exactly what I took away. And it was due a lot to the length of the youngsters, too. We know Terrence Williams, you wrote that article about how he's going to be a big player for them. I love his defensive versatility. But bringing in Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate um, to kind of one-two punch to replace Franz Wagner there, I think it's going to give you a ton of length, a ton of switchability. Diabate just looks like Kevin Garnett, and I'm so excited for his energy, his hustle, his length. Um, and then Caleb Houston, his shot looks like butter. Um, he's long, athletic. Like, I'm very excited about the young guys. Um, and then just to go with all that returning talent that we have, Eli Brooks, Dickinson, like you mentioned, Devontae Jones looks like he's going to be a really good point guard. Yeah, this is this is going to be a very good team and could be the best defensive team in the nation. I like it. I th- Honestly, I think that's – I mean, their offense will be there. It'll get better, but this helps – take away some of the pressure because last season they went cold in the tournament still made it the elite eight but it was their defense that kept them in most of those games but I think the defense is even better this season because of the length and I think Jones is way 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 better at defense than Mike Smith like like I don't want Mike Smith catching strays here but he was undersized and would be picked on and schemed against like very often during games uh, but the most important point here is you compare him to Kevin Garnett so can we call him the little ticket? Like it just, it just, it, it plays itself. Oh, I like it. Maybe little ticket, little ticket like there, you know, add a little, okay. th- a little something maybe. to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Until we come up with something better. I like the little ticket. It's bright. I mean, we're coming into game one. We already got nicknames. <laughs> Let's go. We're ready for it. Nothing little about him. Um, yes. Great points there. I like Devontae Jones uh, defensively much more than I like Mike Smith. Who is the number one offensive option on this team? Is it going to be Dickinson night in and night out? Do you think? go-to number Uh, one scoring option Dickinson's number one he wants work inside out but Caleb Houston could sneak up there and become the number one scoring option with his versatility and able to do it inside out but I think the peak of this team is if those two can complement each other so you have two number one scoring options to balance the court yeah I think if you need uh, somebody to get their own shot off the dribble that's probably Houston or Devontae Jones but if you just need a bucket outright I mean get it down there into the paint to your big fella He's going to draw a ton of double teams. If he's improved as a passer this year and can pass out of those double teams, oh, it's going to be fun to watch. So uh, I'll be tuning in as much as I can tonight to the exhibition game. We also got Cade Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons, uh, only televised game of the year. So I'm going to have to check that out as well. Sports, man, we are we're in the thick of it. So it's uh, it's a glorious time to be a sports man. Great time of the year. I mean, I can't wait to kick off the season with Buffalo tonight. And yeah, you got to enjoy the Pistons games while you can. Kate Cunningham's going to be a star. Like everybody just, you know, a lot of people need to then spray some settle down juice on themselves. Take a breath. Understand, yes. you know, if the kid's 19 years old, like it's okay. So, you know, enjoy the Pistons game while you can. Hope he balls out national TV for that kind of audience. But even if not, hopefully you can catch some magic games and watch Franz Wagner do it. Franz, Mo, I- Iggy Braz, John Teske's on their uh, satellite team. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a ton of fun as well. So, yeah, tons. He's of playing for like the 
Teskey's playing for like the Lakeland Lambs or something. I don't know something what they're like called. That. But there have never <laughs> been more Michigan Wolverine basketball players in the NBA at one time than now, especially like starting players between Poole and Franz Wagner looking like potential most improved player and rookie of the year, uh, potentially, um, you know, individually there. And then, yeah, I mean, just the other guys that we've had, Tim Hardaway Jr., Karis LeBert's back for Indiana. Um, so there's there's guys all over the place, Iggy Braz and Mo down there in Orlando. So good good time to be a Michigan Wolverine fan and watch the NBA. Tune in any given night, you're going to see somebody. Absolutely. And, man, I would still rather fight like a moving vehicle than Iggy Braz Dacus. That guy is just terrifying. Oh, yeah. Drago, man. I want no part of him. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move over to football. Um, that was that was a that was a good uh, dipping the toes into the water. We'll have more basketball coverage once we have actual basketball to talk about. Versus Indiana, twenty nine to seven in a game that a lot of people kind of were frustrated with. We were frustrated watching it. Just kind of wanted to get get it over with because of all the injuries that were racking up in that one. But we covered the spread, and everyone ahead of us either lost or struggled. Other than Georgia, you know, because you look at uh, you know obviously Michigan State falling to Purdue, Ohio State struggling against Nebraska, Alabama struggling to put away LSU and only rushing for six yards. So Michigan with a 22-point win over Indiana, I think, is nothing to scoff at and keeps us right on schedule. Yeah, and coming off such a traumatic and emotional loss, very deflating to this team and program to rebound. As Harbaugh said, pick yourself up off the mat, dust your gloves off, and get back in there. And that's exactly what this team did. You know, kind of sluggish out of the gates, but found their rhythm through Son Haskins and the defense and did what not many teams could do this week and kind of pounded Indiana into submission. Indiana, who also had a ton of injuries, both coming into this game and throughout the game. I, I really felt for them, honestly, when they were talking about the uh, the lengths that they were or how deep into the uh, the depth chart they were getting there. Third string quarterback to start this. But nonetheless, Michigan did what they had to do um, early on in this game. Uh, it, it was close up until the fourth quarter, like uh, a lot of games were this week. But, you know, early on, you lose Corum after only four snaps. Eric All's not out there. Kate McNamara did not look 100% right out of the gate, um, was able to string together enough throws. But early on, you could tell something wasn't quite right. And we were, we were struggling to move the ball a little bit in this one other than Hassan Haskins. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things to take away from this is this was the <clears throat> poorest game by the offensive line. Like they were missing blocks of left and right, letting basic blitzes get through when Haskins couldn't cover, you know, two people at once. And just a lot of missed assignments that you hadn't seen throughout the season from the guards, from Stuber on the outside. They weren't good, but the one time they executed on a wide zone, which they never run with Haskins or barely run at all, he breaks it for like 63 yards. Which was great because then later in that drive, they paid it off with uh, running that same look, play action off yes. that to Schoonmaker. So really good call by Gaddis. Gaddis did uh, have a pretty good day given his, the amount of weapons that they were down in this mm -hmm. game. I mean, the injuries are going to be a huge talking point this week, obviously, um, you know, because we're going to need some of most of, if not all of those guys, if we want to have a chance down the stretch. But yeah, props to Gaddis for using the the talent that he had. And you get another breakout game in this one, Luke Schoonmaker and Taylor Upshaw this time. Um, something that I texted you during the game, a kind of a unique attribute of this season is it seems like every week there's a breakout guy, whether it's DJ Turner, or if it's Eric All, if it's Ojabo, and then this week we get uh, Upshawn Schoonmaker. So next man up is working for the Wolverines, and they're showing some depth. Yeah, and Michael Baird as well. Michael like Baird. Played more snaps in this game than he had all season coming into this one. 
and was a nice wrinkle by Mike McDonald to bring in some versatility at that position so they don't have to substitute as much. And it's a nice counter to see. It's like, oh, this is what an actual defensive coordinator who's not just stuck in his ways of my way's better than yours and I'll prove it does. He made the adjustment. The defense was incredible in this game, even after they lost Gamon Green on the field. Yeah, Green only was able to get uh, four snaps before he was he was off the field. It looked, looked like some sort of arm injury there. Uh, Michael Barrett, yeah, that was a great call to, to, to start him in place of Mikai Hill-Green, who's been struggling a little bit, especially in coverage. Junior Colson also struggling in coverage. But having Michael Barrett out there, who's a little bit better at that, just another, another look that they can throw at you now and improve play from the linebackers in this one. Uh, Junior Colson was actually the lowest graded player of the day on this, which you and I kind of found interesting because just upon rewatch, it looked like he had a really strong performance, but gets dinged for his coverage a lot. I think it was very strange, but the Michigan program awarded him one of defensive players of the game because of his tackling prowess and what he did in the run game. So I don't know how PFF balanced that out, but you know, it is what it is with their secret formula cooked up by Chris Collinsworth there. (laughs) Yeah. I never have claimed to understand it, but they're generally very Michigan friendly. So I'm here for it. Um, before we move on, I want to talk more about that game, but got to take a moment to talk about our people over at home field apparel out of Indianapolis, the most comfortable, affordable sportswear brand with the best, most comprehensive selection of college apparel in the game right now. I know this because I wear it all the time. I'm wearing it currently. It is fall season, so it's hoodie weather for me. If you're a Michigan fan, I assume you are. They got the old school and new school designs that you covet, and you can get 20% off your first purchase with MNB at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. All right, let's talk uh, some players in this Indiana game. Uh, you and I, you, you were the first to say it. I was like, we'll see about that. So I'm going to give you credit for this take, but I want it just said on the podcast. David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson are the best pass rushing duo ever at the University of Michigan to play at the same time. Both of them are at the peak of their powers right now, and it's the best I can remember seeing. Yes, this is Apex Mountain for both of them right now. This isn't like elite pass rusher and then a true freshman coming along. No, these two together are just incredible, and in Mel Kuyper's latest big board, he has Aiden Hutchinson at fifth, too low, and David Ojabo at tenth. So two first-round draft picks playing opposite each other who just lost a first-round draft pick last year who could have come back in Quiddy Pay, who's tearing it up in the NFL right now. He's just producing at the defensive end position right now, and Ojabo is on an absolute tear. Another Was it four straight games, four fumbles? He has four on the year. He has eight sacks. I don't know if it's four straight, but it's been primarily in the second half of this season here um, that he is just not only getting after the quarterback but ripping the ball loose and, you know, we're, we're scoring off of these turnovers now. So he is showing up on the scoreboard. He is so fast. That was one of yeah. my takeaways watching this. His closing speed on that very surprisingly mobile quarterback that Indiana had, had in this was insane. He made him look like he was walking through the mud because Ojabo closed on him so fast. So as much as we were kind of hoping maybe Ojabo flew under the radar and came back next year, he is going to test off the charts on top of probably being a double-digit sack guy. So... Yeah, enjoy Ojabo and Hutchinson while you got it, because I don't think we're bringing either back next year, but it's a good problem to have. Yeah, um, I mean, you can never replace this level of production when you're talking about all time, but there's still some good players in the wings, and seeing Upshaw take that step and slowly been getting better through the season makes me feel better, but man, yeah, those two are going to test crazy at the Combine, both of them, he and Hutch, and Ojabo, uh, four away from tying the Michigan single-season sack record of 12. 
Very possible. I mean, we've got three games left plus the bowl game, so and potentially a Big Ten championship game. Potentially, you know, it's one a game if we go to the Big Ten championship. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I mean, it's one a game with the bowl game. So yeah, Ojabo could definitely get it. Hutchinson probably should be ahead of him. I mean, if you're taking in all the holding calls that he's generated and the you know, Northern Illinois sack that didn't count. Yeah, the Northern <laughs> Illinois one that absolutely. I hope they go back and give that to him. Um, but actually, I've I've seen two different numbers. So I think depending on the outlet that you use, some people have them at eight, some people have them at seven. So glad to know those letters we've been writing have been working. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I've been spending most of my free time on it. So look, <laughs> um, other player worth mentioning in this, Jake Moody. I'm you know, if I have a daughter, she will have my blessing. <laughs> Jake Moody, because at this point, where would we be without Jake Moody? Oh, I, I thought the same thing, man. Like it's like people are like me a little upset about you know the red zone offense, but it's nice to at least have a reliable kicker. He's made 21 kicks, but it's one off the single season Michigan record. And if we had Quinn Nordine back there, do we have three losses right now? It's entirely possible. Like Nebraska, ugh, I don't know, you know, <laughs> Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if we don't, if we don't have him, I mean, it is just ridiculous how reliable he's become completely lived up to the name money moody, man. And yeah, like you said, your first daughter, it's his. Yeah. That's <laughs> that thing to say, but the dude is, the dude has proven himself time and time again. And, uh, just so lucky to have him, uh, Luke Schoonmaker, who we mentioned a little bit earlier, a guy that apparently by all accounts is absolutely loved by this team, just the way that they responded him you know, getting two touchdowns, his first touchdown and then a second one in this game, almost had a third of this crazy one-handed. One-handed. Yeah, that was quite impressive. Uh, looking like more than just uh, a guy that fills in, you know, just like a spot filler, looking like a pretty talented guy and, um, you know, be excited to have him back next year along with Eric All. That's a pretty good tight end room and filled in admirably and needed him in this game. Absolutely needed him. He only had three catches and two of them were for touchdowns. Like, and all season long, we've been singing his praises about how good he is and reliable he is as a blocker. So the tight end room is, could it be the most improved room from you? Uh, maybe corner, corner probably. Tight end, yeah. yeah, But tight end is definitely in that conversation because there was no production last year. Eric all couldn't catch a cold in Michigan. So it's really nice to see them and all should be back this week against Penn state, which helps a ton. Yes. Yeah. They were uh, talking about him warming up and potentially being good to go against Indiana. We didn't need him for that one. So good to let him get healthy because we will need him down the stretch, especially this week. Um, we'll get into that in the second half of this pod. Uh, are you a little bit irked that it took this long to target a tight end in the red zone? A little bit, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it kind of bothers me some, but yeah, I guess better late than never. I'm a glass half full guy as it is, sure. but week nine, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's here. But man, last player, uh, player of the game is the most obvious one is Hassan Haskins goes for a career day, 168. He's told after four plays of Blake Corm, he's done for the day. And Haskins just literally carries the load the entire way. Still hurtling guys, still dragging guys nine yards down the field. I would I could watch him pass pro like I could watch a reel of that for about six to nine hours. I mean, it's borderline erotic. It is <laughs> so absurd to watch that man in pass protection. He does not miss like and the pads absolutely crunch and like he buys his quarterback an extra whatever time he needs. Like that dude is just a football player, as Jim Harbaugh said. And I don't know where we'd be without him and Moody and 
and all these guys. But I mean, it is a team that's got some stars on it. And uh, Hassan Haskins chance to go over a thousand yards here. Uh, I mean, he could do it against Penn State now. And, uh, you know, Corum, if he gets back, I think he's at around, around 720 something yards uh, yeah. himself. So also still well within in range. And can't tell you the last time we've had two 1,000 yard rushers. No. Oh, Denard uh, Robinson I, and Fitz Toussaint, maybe? Yeah, but Denard's a quarterback, so it's a little different. Right, it is a little different, but yeah. Yeah, it would have to be something like that. Wow, but, yeah, that's awesome. And Haskins could technically come back next year. Just putting that out there. Yes, he could. I mean, pretty much everybody could come back. We could bring back this entire team besides Vestardis, who's 41. <laughs> Andrew Vestardis is still upset he cast the vote for the wrong person in the 1991 election. <laughs> <laughs> still mad about Bob Dole losing the primary <laughs> that he voted in. He's seen three presidents during his playing time at Michigan. Three. Three different presidents, yeah. Uh, he should have been president. Andrew Vastars is a much better person than all three of them. So come oh, on, Andrew. 100% I'll take <laughs> Andrew Vastars. I have no idea what his politics are, but I know how he feels about pulling. <laughs> man, I've seen this man run block. What I've more seen do you this mean? man run block. That's good enough for me. He's been, <laughs> he has been our best offensive lineman. And uh, you were you're right. You mentioned that earlier. I didn't uh, say much about it, but that was the worst performance by the offensive line on the year. So, yeah. I mean, that Cade Mack, who already looked a little shaky and a little banged up, took too many hits in this one. And uh, I have one more thing I want to talk about. We can wait till the second half here. But J.J. McCarthy had to come in in this game again due to Cade McNamara being a little banged up. Fox, once again, does not tell us that he's in the medical tent. So we just assume they're playing J.J., uh, which was not the case. They were playing J.J. because they had to. So I wanted to make this point to you. J.J. McCarthy's time is not next year. It is not the year after that. It is right now. Because we've needed him, and we will probably need him again with Cade McNamara banged up, and we still need to be able to move the ball when he comes in. Um, it, it's already shown in this year that like we're going to need that second player to fill in, whether it be for injury or whether it be the offense stalls out or or Cade McNamara is just not establishing any type of rhythm. So it he needs to be better right now than he has been, and he does not need to take the chance like he took in that game where he rolled out let the play develop for an hour and a half, still took the hit, and then threw it back across his body and almost got intercepted. So he needs to learn on third and 18 when you're up 10, there is no need to make that play. Like sometimes just throwing it away and not getting hit is a good play. He's such a freshman, man. Every time I watch him, I'm just like, oh, you're, you're a kid. Yeah. Like he just, he'll, he'll turn down a five yard curl route on second and four for like a 30 yard bomb, miss right. it, then take a sack on the next play and you punt the ball. Right. He's taken more <laughs> sacks than Cade Mack. You know, he's thrown the interceptions. Um, and a lot of it's not on him and you're absolutely right. He is a freshman, but he is our backup quarterback and yep. I would not be surprised if we need him at some point again, whether it's against Penn state, Maryland or Ohio state. So um, yeah, he's got to, he's got to, you know, maybe shake off some of the rust, I think that he, uh, or maybe the lack of confidence that came from that Michigan state game and the turnover and the sack and just get back to doing what we saw him do in some of his earlier starts when he's in mop up duty. Yeah, I think so too. And you don't need to hone him back a little bit, just a little, just take what's given to you. You know, if you want to take a shot, understand situational awareness and what you need to do, take the shot on first down. If it presents itself, don't force the ball. Don't make dumb throwback passes to the middle of the field eight yards there like come on like yeah you're please stop head. yeah yeah please stop don't let them back into this game like you said the time is now and not because he's past Cade but because Cade's battling through something and if he has to sit out a series 
it's nice to have a quarterback step in there that can at least, you know, hold the ship steady. Right. Keep you on schedule. Don't turn the ball over. Don't take unnecessary hits. So, yeah, I mean, and all of this is going to help him down the road, you know, because we expect there to be a real quarterback battle next year. So all these snaps that you're taking now will be evaluated in the offseason. So his his time to make an impression is now. So that's all I wanted to say about that. There's definitely room for growth with JJ, but we are pro McCarthyism on this pod. Yeah, hold the ship steady. Just don't crash into the freaking cliff. Like, just yeah. just, just go straight, man. Yeah. It's okay. There'd be dangerous <laughs> shoals yonder. <laughs> that's what he sees when he sees cover three. He's like, oh, right. shiver me timbers. <laughs> it is a little concerning. All right, man, let's take a break. When we come back, it's Penn State week. We're going to Happy Valley. This is a big one. Can't wait to break this down. Talk about that more when we get back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. It is Penn State game week. This is one of the big ones. People have this one circled all year long. A team that we owe some revenge to. They are sitting at 6-3 and three outside of the rankings currently after defeating Maryland last week. But ever since that nine-overtime thriller, Penn State's been a little bit hobbled. They've had some injuries as well. But what do you uh, think about this matchup here at Happy Valley at noon this Saturday? At noon, you said it right there, brother. It's when God intended football to be played. Thank God, night games are the worst. And I'm glad it's at, I'm glad it's at noon. Night game atmosphere there is always scary and can be intimidating. It's a helmet stripe game, which they made up this week. That's dumb. It is very dumb. And but no, this is a great defense. A great defense. They're going to be very stingy, hard to run against, hard to throw against. You're going to fight for all those inches. Offensively, it's three players. It's Sean Clifford, Noah Kane, and Jahan Dotson. Emphasis being on Jahan, Jahan Dawson. Dawson. If, you can, <laughs> if you can keep this team to just running the ball, then we're going to be okay. And the trick is run the ball on them, as Illinois did, I believe, like 54 times, like 350 yards or something. Yeah, Illinois was definitely able to run the ball. Maryland was able to keep that game last week close until the fourth. Maryland has a terrible defense, and Penn State was struggling a little bit with Maryland. This thing was a one-score game, or actually it was tied going into the fourth. And turtle, the turtle, <laughs> Maryland is not very good. And Penn, Penn state struggled, but if there was ever a team that is known for playing up or down to its competition, it is the James Franklin Penn state Nittany lions. That is just what he does. You know, he'll play Ohio state tight and then turn around and play Maryland tight. So I expect a close game. Um, wanted to talk about, and we can kind of put, throw Mel Tucker into this. James Franklin now sitting at six and three talked about for the USC job. Went and hired himself a new agent. 
is he actually trying to go somewhere else or is this man trying to use all the the talk about other jobs to leverage himself into a, a higher payday at Penn State? Because he's six and three. The luster of James Franklin has really worn off since that Big Ten championship. He's gone. I mean, you got you drive the price up and you play them off each other. That's just basic negotiations on his part. Man, every time James Franklin talks, though, there's just so many other things I'd rather listen to. I'd rather hang out with Daryl Strawberry in Miami than to listen to James Franklin speak anymore. Like it is awful. Like he should. How how did? I don't know how he's such a good recruiter. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense because every time he speaks, like you're just unlikable. Yeah, he does not seem like a, a good hang. Definitely a tough hang would be James Franklin. But the dude recruits, and I mean, he's out recruiting us right now, even though they are unranked and their Big Ten dreams are all but dashed. But the on-field product is is kind of like you said. Like I, I don't look at this team, and I'm not like blown away by what no. they're able to do year in and year out. Um, you know, their record against us, it's – you know, there's the Ronnie Bell drop and and things kind of just got away from us in the Don Brown year when they had Saquon Barkley and stuff. But other than that year, they've never really been some some crazy juggernaut. Three and three against them in the Harbaugh era, the blowout in 16. We just crushed them at home and they were started out two and two and then went on to win the Big Ten and win the Rose Bowl. So that's their highlight year, highlight banner. Next year, they blew us out 18. We repaid the favor. You touched on the drop pass. Last year's game was just an insult to the seeing, so I don't count that against anybody. Yeah, that was nothing. And, yeah, this year, let's settle it up. Like, we thought we said the same thing about Michigan State coming into the game. Like, they'd had some, you know, borderline fluky wins with trouble with the snap, the monsoon, the COVID year, but they got the job done this year. So, same thing coming into this one. You can't just sleepwalk through it and come in there. And I don't think they will. Like, last week was a good hangover breaker. Now it's time to party again. Oh, yeah. And Penn State will not sleepwalk through this either. They're going to get up for this game. They're going to be ready. Like I was saying, they always play up or down to their competition. So I expect this to be a close game. I'd much rather have to just shut down Jahan Dotson than have to shut down Kenneth Walker, though. Uh, Jahan Dotson is a problem, but he's 5'11". You know, he's probably going to have DJ Turner on him most of the day. We'll see if Jamon Green's back, but if it's not Turner, it'll be Gray. And those guys have been playing pretty well. So, and, it, you know, Dax Hill back there helping out in coverage as well. RJ Moten's been improving as the year goes along. So I like our ability to at least keep Dotson from being a major, major player in this. Keep him under 100 yards and keep it to maybe one big play, and I think we should be okay because he is definitely the most dangerous guy on their offense by a wide, wide margin. Yeah, because even when Indiana was healthy, they only put up 24 against him. Like it was 24 nothing. The defense was smothering. Um, but their offense just didn't do much and it struggled. Clifford can do some things with his legs, but they're very limited. It reminds me of the 2018 team when they had Trace McSorley, but no Saquon. Like they lost some, I believe they'd lost Hamler at that point too. So they'd been a little more hamstrung that season. And that's what this one feels like. Like a good team, but not a great team. But their defense will make Michigan's offensive line have to show up. They can't perform like they did against Indiana. No, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, against Maryland, it was mostly Jahan Dotson. He had 242 receiving yards and three touchdowns. He is the reason they won it. They did struggle to run the ball, though. Uh, Noah Kane and Kayvon Lee combined for 85 yards rushing and no touchdowns Ew. against a very porous Maryland defense. So I, I have to think that we're going to be able to slow down their running game and focus on Jahan Dotson. And Clifford, as you mentioned, can do some stuff with his legs, but he's not like 
a super elusive, like the play breaks down and this guy's going to scramble for 35 yards. I mean, he's not Troy Smith back there. So I do think when he's asked to drop back in a three-step drop, our pass rush is, is going to really be able to, to impact this game. And, and I think that they're going to get after Clifford in this. And I'm, I'm going to make an interesting, bold prediction. I don't think Clifford finishes this game. I like that. Kind of like the Graham Mertz situation when Daxil, you know, put an end to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we called that one too. We're like, he can't take many more hits. This guy's going to go out. Like, I think, I think we're going to be able to get after Clifford in this game. This is big, man. Second to last road game, last big real road test of the year because College Park, Maryland is kind of like playing in a local Baptist church gymnasium. So not too much there. So this is this is the game, man. We talked offline that this is New Year's Six Bowl on the line. You win this game, and if the worst happens against Ohio State, your two losses are to two highly ranked teams, you're going to a New Year's Six Bowl. So a lot is on the line for the, the Rose Bowl potentially is on the line in this game. You're very right. And I mean, I don't want to assume we're going to lose that Ohio State game either. You Correct. Win, you win this game and you're feeling pretty good about yourself after Ohio State struggled against Penn State and Nebraska. And if you yep. can get your guys healthy, then you feel absolutely great with a chance in an 11 win season and a Big Ten championship. Still need a little help um, from Ohio State to beat Michigan State down the road. But yeah, you're, you're right. This is a huge, huge game to keep everything on the table for you and the difference between a nine and three season and a ten and two season is going to be dramatic for Jim Harbaugh this is the kind of thing that will just shut up all that talk around the program I mean you can't get blown out by Ohio State but if you win this and look confident against Ohio State you're really going to calm down some of that chatter absolutely and this is one to get it done like on the road against Penn State and what really makes me feel good about this team is a lot of this team was here two years ago in 2019 in the whiteout environment when it was hostile and Michigan was down early and then scratch and clawed its way back and unfortunately lost on the Ronnie Bell catch but that was the finest hour game when Harbaugh said that in the pregame and the team came back rallied around and found a way to should have tied it and gone to overtime. So they've been to Penn State before, and players are already saying, we're going to go there, we're going to make their fans our fans, and I've loved this team's road energy all season. Same here. I, I like the way that we've shown up and played. We beat Wisconsin and Nebraska on the road. Thank God this is not a night game whiteout. That would really scare me a lot more. But I think that, yeah, I, I trust this team on the road. Hopefully Cade McNamara is back to something that resembles 100%. Um, yep. If so, and he's able to to stand back there, and hopefully we have some some weapons back. I like our chances in this one. Uh, who is the most, or you can give me two, the two most important injuries that we need to get back for this game? Our first one's going to be a combination, either Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards, because right now your change of pace running back is Tavi Dunlap, and I'm sure he's going to be a hell of a player, but he's a true freshman that seemed limited game action this season, so that worries me a ton. But Son Haskins, I thank god his genetics the guy's built from steel yeah that dude is carved from this earth he is not, yeah. not a real human being i mean and i i trust him to absolutely give every every ounce of energy that he has in this game but i agree with you we need one of those two guys back uh doesn't necessarily have to be quorum but we need a change of pace and then who's your other guy and the second one is Jamon Green on mm. defense. I just like the experience at corner. I was thinking about the weapons at receiver, but receiver position, we have a lot of guys that have seen a ton of game action. And a tight end as well, Scooney's coming back. Scooney's going to be there no matter what, even if all can't go, which he's expected to. But having Jamon Green back, having a third corner that has elite experience like him is hard to replace. It would be either Rod Moore 
or Jaden McBurrows, both freshmen. So just having that experienced hand back there that knows the system and the improvs and the zone coverages and switches is massive for this team. You're probably right in that. I was going to say Eric All because we really struggled to move the ball early on against Indiana, and he's been the go-to target early on in a lot of these games, or at least in the last couple games. They like to get him the ball early on. He's a mismatch. He clearly has a rapport with Cade Mack. So I was going to say Eric All. You're probably right, though. I just also like that we can move things around a little bit, maybe bring in Makari Page and put RJ Moten and Page back there and then uh, move guys around. Dax Hill has played enough corner. You've actually seen RJ Moten in coverage quite a bit this year. But you're right, having all of our players in the secondary is going to be key when Jahan Dotson's back there. So I'll, I'll, I'll ride with you, but Eric All's right there. I mean, Eric All's become just a huge, huge part of this offense. And him and Schoonmaker, and all of a sudden you've got two of those guys that you really like, that's... That's a weapon, and we should we should be utilizing it more as this season well, finishes up. Well, now that both of them are receiving threats, I mean, you, all the formations and combinations you have to do that almost every skill position person, including Haskins, who we saw in this game make catches, is a receiving threat at any point in the game. Very true. And it goes without saying that having Cade Mack healthy for the whole game is obviously yes. the most important thing. That is That goes without saying. If he's able to play this entire game, um, and we get one of the running backs back. I really like our chances in this one. Yeah, and don't um, sleeper alert. <clears throat> Trent A. Jones catching a pass. What he switched? He switched to number eighty from fifty three in this game, which is a pass catching eligible number per NCAA rules. What? Just, yeah, just heads up for a heads up for some weird formation, some jumbo package set up, and a pass going to Trent A. Jones. Sometime this year. Yo, that would be wild. We moved Honingford over, and I thought that was pretty absurd because Honingford is a large, large man. Trent A. Jones is massive. If they think he's a tight end, I mean, that would be crazy. I, I don't think they think he's a tight end, but it's a wrinkle to throw in from the tackle position if you declare him eligible. Interesting. I mean, they might be so, saving that for Ohio State. That's uh, That's fascinating. There's still something coming off one of those reverses, too. They're they're I they're sitting in their bag and they pulled some of it out against Michigan State and it just gets it's gonna be a little it's gonna be a little bit there this game but there's a lot saved like for Ohio State I can promise you that and you could see in the second half of Indiana it was like let's just let's coast the car in here like we don't need to speed to the finish line let's coast it in so I'm excited to see what they have in store most definitely all right let's get into uh, predictions players of the game on this one uh, we said last week to stay away from the spread even though we both predicted that they would cover they did end up covering. Uh, sorry, I, I actually ended up betting it and told the listeners not to, so I feel bad. But I feel much worse when I say, like, bet this, and then I lose someone money. I just wouldn't yeah. sleep at night. I understand. This is your money. You know, you're allowed to do with it what you want. Yeah. You're just looking out for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. But this week, it is basically a pick em. Um It's gone back and forth a little bit. Um, essentially, I got in on it as a pick em. I, I picked Michigan outright to win this game. Um, I think that keys to this game um, get somebody back other than Hassan Haskins and be able to control the ball um, just a balanced attack in this one I mean we're going to need to put up 30 points probably to win it 24 might win it um, I think that we'll be able to hold them you know from going too crazy on the scoreboard so offensively balanced attack um, the red zone offense obviously you know, that's been much maligned and talked about this week. So let's have touchdowns instead of field goals. And on defense, contain Jahan Dotson. Seriously, like, that's, that's it. it. That's it. And that's all I got on defense is don't let him run wild on you. Yeah, I just think it's 
pressure Clifford and Jahan Dotson. That mostly Jahan Dotson because I don't trust the rest of the receiving cores or tight ends to step up and do what he is capable of, especially as you touched on against Maryland. And offensively, protect Cade McNamara and run the damn ball. This is a Penn State team that if things are allowed to be close late in the game, they're very resilient. So mm-hmm. early on, like it's we're still struggling when we get into the red zone. Like if we can really punch them in the mouth and put 21 points up or something in the first half, I, I really am going to love our chances here. And then, of course, being able to keep your foot down on the thr- on the pedal for the whole second half of this and continue to get those touchdowns instead of field goals. Like I said, I think 24 to, to 27 should be enough. 30, I feel really great about winning this game if we can score 30 points. All right, players of the game, score. All right, players of the game on offense. I am going to go with Hassan Haskins. Boring. The only answer. The only answer. It's the only answer. He's the only healthy back we got right now. We are a team predicated on running the football. That's what we want to do. And he is not a real human. He's carved from Mother Earth. He's, (laughs) yeah, he's basically a cyborg. Yeah. He's he's H2O for a reason. He is essential. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then on defense, um, it's going to be the pass rush. I know we said we can't do this, but we are going to get after Sean Clifford in this game. I think Ojabo and Hutchinson, because this is a team that wants to be able to drop back and throw it. They're going to try and scheme to get the ball out quickly and uh, you know limit what those guys can do. A lot like what Indiana was trying to do and what Michigan State tried to do. Um, try to eliminate that pass rush. But if you want to get the ball to Dotson, you're going to need to stay back in the pocket, and I expect them to eat. So I know that's a lame answer because they're the best every week, but it's going to be especially important this week. I like that. I'm exactly the same with you offensively. Defensively, I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to say DJ Turner. Mm. I just want to see him have the big game and really try to see if he can take Dotson out of it. The biggest challenge of his career, the way he's come on this season, it's Reed and Naylor in Michigan State. So... Let's see what let's see what he has in the store because if he has a good showing here against Dotson, I'm gonna start feeling a type of way about the Ohio State game. I mean, that is very interesting. You and I are big DJ Turner fans. He's now put together several impressive performances. So I really like that answer. I think that he'll probably be the guy on Dotson. And, you know, running with Dotson, that's not gonna go well for him. But if he can be, you know, physical, he's got a couple inches on him. I think that he can really limit what Dahat, what Dotson does. You're not going to fully shut him down. He's too good. I mean, this is a first round wide receiver, um, and if he does, then Green is a first round, or a Turner's a first round cornerback if he's able to completely shut him down man to man. I hate that his name is Dotson because of being a Jurassic Park oh, fan. I was like Dotson. Dotson. We got Dotson here. Nobody cares. <laughs> That's all I think about yeah, when I hear his name. Of course, but um, uh, score. What do you got? Uh, score in this one. I'm going to go Michigan 27, Penn State 23. I think this is going to be a pretty classic type of Big Ten game. Um, I expect it to be really probably low scoring early on, like maybe 7-7 at the half kind of thing, 7-10 at the half. Um, but I believe that Michigan is the better running team, especially if we get one of Corum or Edwards back. I haven't heard anything about Edwards. I don't know. Uh, Corum and Anthony seem to kind of be in the same boat of like coin flip. Blake Corum and Andrew Anthony. So, um, yeah, assuming we're able to get one of those guys back, I think we'll be able to outrun them in 27-24. What do you got it at? I like it. I'm very similar. I think the defense holds their own and really takes out Dotson, and it's going to be 24-13. Get an 11-point win on the road. They're going to contain – it'll be a very close game, like a really tight 17-13 game late, and Michigan tax one on. 
I like that. Yeah, I think we see it the same way, but what a great place to be now sitting at eight and one. And early on in the season, we thought eight wins was like close to the ceiling. And now we're predicting wins against Penn State on the road. So yeah, let's keep perspective here. Perspective everybody. <laughs> is very important about where we're at this season, where we thought we'd be. So this is exciting. I mean, this is a huge, huge opportunity for this team to go and get another really quality win. Um, this I, I did want to touch on this before we go, um, because this plays into the college football playoff rankings where Michigan came out ahead of Michigan State. And yeah. now things like quality of opponent and style points for wins are coming into, into effect here. So a win against the 6-3 and three Penn State team on the road, the, the committee's going to love that. They've already shown that they, they really um, they value this Big Ten East schedule and what we have to go through. Very much so. A lot more than the Cincinnati Mickey Mouse schedule. So right. this is, that's what happens. You play real teams week in and week out. So yeah, a huge win on the road to make a statement. Second to last road game of the season, College Park, and then Thanksgiving, and you know what's next. Oh, I do know what's next. It's uh... We have a special episode for that week. So yes, in two weeks, make sure you're ready. Just be ready. Absolutely. I'll be recording from Seattle since I'm uh, nearly packed up and ready for Thailand now. So it's going to be, uh, I'm going to be recording from all over the country as we finish this thing out. It's going to be interesting and unique and we're damn sure going to make it happen. And we're going to have a good time doing it. And I'm going to, I'll be at the Michigan Ohio State game. So you have no idea what I look like, but I'm going to be there screaming belligerently, lighting myself on fire if we win. So. Yeah, yeah. Just look for the guy that's pouring bleach in his eyes if we win or if we lose. Or if we lose, or if we storm the field there, yeah, I will legitimately be on fire like a monk protesting a tank. Oh. I, will be- <laughs> I definitely want to put that out there. If we beat Ohio State this year, anyone that's going, storm the field. I've never I'm seen- going to storm regardless. Yeah, like, I don't care if they get arrested. What else do I have to do? Like, I can do the podcast from a prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> Free food and a place to sleep. Three hots and a cot. Let's go. That's all I need, baby. Let me get a mic. (laughs) Let's go, my man. All right, that's going to do it for Out of the Blue tonight. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's on Apple, Spotify, wherever. You can follow us on Twitter at Brew. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JStorm303. Andy is at Uh, UMAndrewB. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.